7,500 lots of Hippocat futures. The Hippocat root is very versatile. It's used in certain medicines, diffractive optics, and even some beauty supplies. Here, feel how smooth my head is. Cream of Hippocat. I apply it twice a day. You see, a diversified financial portfolio can mean greater profits and healthier-looking skin. Fascinating. I'd love to hear more, but if your son doesn't show up soon, I'm afraid I'm going to have to kill you. A gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I am one of your hosts, and with me, live in person, is Johnson. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am doing well today, as you know, because <laughs> <laughs> we've been hanging out for a few hours. We so, have. Yeah, still alive, still breathing. We've been doing some uh, vacation recording because mm-hmm. I am going away for a couple of weeks and. Well, by the time that we release this one, you'll we be back or uh, I'm coming back. So this episode will drop on Friday the what the 28th. I don't know. It's the end of July, basically. Oh uh, no, not the 28th. Uh, the the 30th. Friday the 30th. Oh wow. So this will drop Friday the 30th, and I think our flight back is on the 31st. Okay. Oh wow. So, oh my yeah, gosh. The and then of, July is over. Then July is over. But I will have uh, spent the last half of July completely on vacation. Super excited about that. Wow. Look at you. Uh, so lucky. Flying back from Napa. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know the big question right now is we Dennis and I both love wine, and we're going to Napa for seven days uh-huh. and. We're gonna to have to be very discerning about how much wine we buy, if any, uh, because it's a lot to ship. Did back. you guys do this before? You like went somewhere and then went to some vineyards, and then you bought back like a few cases or something. Yeah, no. Every time we go away, like anytime we go to uh, upstate New York, yeah, to the Finger Lakes, we always come back with lots of wine. That's gonna be a pain to bring back though. Yeah, I don't th- obviously, you know, when you're flying, I, I think we'll have a different challenge of figuring out like, we have to be more cognizant of what we're bringing back. Because, yeah. Because whatever we bring back, you know, has Can to be they a- ship it for you maybe? They might be able to ship it for you. Yeah, but then you have to buy a certain amount from one vineyard, right? Right. So that's the problem. So whereas, you know, when usually when we go, we buy two or three bottles from each vineyard okay. and then by the end you have two like one to two cases of wine okay. uh, so it'll be interesting how we're going to figure this out but um mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know how we're going to do that but uh but we're gonna you know obviously do some wine tastings in napa and uh, have a have a good time we're in a remote i would say well this is dennis's version of remote like farmhouse like airbnb situations okay so, uh and it has a great sunset view okay so uh, are there animals i don't know actually i don't know oh my god 
I'm sure there are animals around, probably. I don't like know. I've never farmhouse, been... I'm like, are there like goats uh, around? Maybe. That... I mean, I've never been to I... further north. Is a rooster going to wake you up? What's that? Is a rooster going to wake you up? Oh, I hope not. That'd oh, be annoying. That would be very annoying. Uh, because sleep is definitely, and rest is definitely on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So that's where we'll be. We'll be flying back uh, the next day after this episode drops. And... Mm-hmm. Then vacation will be over. Well, this vacation will be over. And then we'll be two weeks away from, less than two weeks away from Star Trek Las Vegas slash the 55-year mission. It's like we're getting a glimpse into the future. We are. It's so crazy. Yeah. And and also we'll be less than two weeks away from Lower Decks premiering. Oh, right. Yeah. Lower Decks is going to premiere while we're in Vegas. Yeah. And uh, so obviously I think we'll figure out a way to watch it while we're there. Uh, I feel that they're going to have... I mentioned this to you, but I feel that they're going to have a viewing party. They have to. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, yeah. That'd be cool mm-hmm. to kind of watch it with other people in a large group. I've never done that before. Yeah. Um, it, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Get more than one episode to watch. Oh, that'd be interesting. But it's not sponsored by CBS, so highly right. unlikely. Yeah. It's not a CBS um, event. But so. Uh, yeah, so that's coming up. And then I imagine, I imagine possibly by this time, although it won't be on our podcast, it'll be on the next podcast maybe, there might be some news about what comes after Lower Decks. Well, I would imagine that it's probably Prodigy. I mean, so this, last year it was Discovery. Remember we did 23 weeks of mm-hmm. Star Trek? It was yeah. Lower Decks and then Discovery. Um, That's true. I think Discovery is further along in production than Strange New Worlds, although we oh, get that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be that. first, Prodigy or uh, Discovery. Or, but. yeah, so we, we know that Picard isn't going to be until 2022. For sure, yeah. Uh, but we don't know what the other shows are going to be like. Yeah, TBD. But, so. uh, yeah, lots of new Star Trek uh, coming soon. Hopefully they'll just continue, like, do it weekly be able to schedule it and get it all done so that it will premiere weekly. Yeah. Although, I, you know, I, I feel like Prodigy would be a good break in between, like, a live-action show and an animated to, mm-hmm. to lead with two animated shows and then go into, like, yeah. 20... Did, did they say Prodigy will also be 2021? I don't know. I I, I don't know if they, uh. they actually mentioned that or not. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Okay. But we're coming up on some new Star Trek, and we're getting close to wrapping up our underappreciated episodes of Deep Space Nine, and this week we're going to talk about The Magnificent Ferengi. Yeah, from season six. From season six, which, uh, you know, you chose, again, uh, mainly because I didn't have the bandwidth to choose one. But, <laughs> I was like, what episodes do you want to choose? Uh, but this was, good, this, was to me. Good, this was a good choice. Uh, yeah. But before we get into that, we're going to do a quick... Um, question to kind of get the discussion going. Oh, that's right. I forgot what we didn't ask the question yet. Yeah, we haven't asked the question. So here's this week's question. What is your favorite theme music from Star Trek? So I'll go first, since you have multiple. <laughs> I do have multiple answers. <laughs> I was just trying to keep it which simple. You're, which you're upset about. I was just trying to keep it simple. You always have like multi, multi-factor, it's like multi-factor authentication, but not. It's like the multi-factor... <laughs> responses to these questions um so i think one of my favorite uh theme like pieces of theme music is probably the jj star trek 
um, wow mm-hmm. I did not think of that yeah uh, it's, and it's... I'm shocked that you is that that's your choice <laughs> I think it's a very uh, yes I think it's like a uh, it's a very um, it's a it's a very strong piece of theme music it is very like like it's very heroic um, and, Michael Giacchino yeah. is uh, is very talented, and um, yeah, no, he's he's great, um, and he's th- sort of the modern day Jerry Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. He we and yeah, like I also liked. Uh, I I mean, I liked honestly the music for all three, um, but uh, all all three of the J movies, the couple. But the movies, first one is by, by far the best. I was I would, I would say so. Yeah, and I think that the the reboot um, Star Trek theme song is is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, wow, yeah. I did not even consider. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did just technically watch this yesterday, so you I got, did. It's it true. Sort of fresh on your mind. It's true. I did just rewatch um, JJ Star Trek yesterday, but I do think that I remember being in the movie theater when I first watched it, and I was kind of like, I, I really like the theme music a lot. Um, going from like, I, they they do a really good job like weaving it into. Um, you know when you first watch a movie, they like have the production companies, mm-hmm. um, and even oh, the, they, yeah, they weave right. the music in, even when they're entering the production companies, mm-hmm. and then into the teaser, which was the Narada and Kelvin battle, and then the actual like title card. Right. Um, yeah. They just do a really good job, like kind of teasing the main theme song throughout that entire from from the production companies, the production studios to the teaser. And into the title sequence, they did a really good job. Yeah. So, by yeah, I mean they also have that is the main music, main main theme mm-hmm. for all three movies. Um, so it is one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Nice choice. Wow, I did not think of that one. That did not come up in my memory as as mm-hmm. one that I would have chosen. Yeah, I think my second, if I had to pick like a movie one, would maybe First Contact. Oh yeah. Uh, First yeah. Contact also had like great music. Yeah. Um, That's true. But yeah, those are those are my two. Yeah, or one really. Your one. I just picked the bonus because you know I'm just trying to catch up to you. (laughs) What about you? Well, so I you know I have I I thought about what do I like to listen to as far as like if I'm in the mood for some Star Trek music, and so the theme music, the series like a a show theme music came to mind first, Mm -hmm. and and we've been watching Deep Space Nine, but also I think Deep Space Nine is my favorite theme music. Okay. Uh, and they they enhanced it around season three or season four with some like little bit of rock underbeat tones that even made it even better. So I think that that for me is uh, sort of the the top one. Wait, did they, they did? Yeah, the, the, there's a definite change from the first season theme music to like the fourth season. Music. Oh, yeah. okay. It's a little. Uh, I forget exactly what they did, but they sort of enhanced the underbeat, of, like the the. I don't. I'm not a musician, so I can't even speak to intelligently about what they did. Oh, okay. But it just it enhanced it. Uh, but I also have a favorite movie uh, theme music, and that's from Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Oh, that interesting. Is, that okay. is by far my favorite um, piece of like overall, like the whole film. Like I can listen to that soundtrack. And relive the whole movie in my mind. Wow. And I I think that that's really great. Now, there's one other piece of music that just always comes to mind, too, when I think about great Star Trek music, and that is the theme music from the episode The Best of Both Worlds. Yes. 
Yeah, uh, that is quintessential, like top notch. Dennis McCarthy at his best, uh, and just the Borg music. It just mm-hmm. infused throughout that episode, both episodes. It's just so great. Uh, so that's sort of my favorite episodic music. It was a definite departure from what they usually did yes. with the yep. music. Um, I think I read, like, um, a, of course, a Memory Alpha article. Because <laughs> that's where I get everything. Uh, but they were, like, but uh, I remember it was, like, an interview with Dennis McCarthy. But he had to, like, kind of fight to kind of, like, incorporate vocals into, like, even synth vocals into the Best of the World soundtrack. Because that's definitely not something that they ever did mm-hmm. with the TNG score. Right. Um, but he thought it was appropriate given, like, the epic scale of the actual episode. Um, the two-parter, rather. So, and it creates um, this yeah. like chorus of you know, the voices that sort of emulate the Borg and a lot. Yeah, of no, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to it, and yeah, uh, yeah it's definitely. Um, you know, I, I definitely remember uh, the music in in that two-parter very well. Um, but and it's threatening. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it puts you on edge. It enhances the dream. Yeah, there's just like this like sense of doom. Like yeah. you know, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the music kind of evokes very well. Yeah, so. like Star Trek will never be the same after this. Which yeah. is, is what it felt like after part one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. great. Those are great selections. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm still reeling from the fact that you went with JJ. That's oh my am- god. Wow. All right. But yeah. So, uh, well, this is a good point. Why don't you tell our listeners how they could share their favorite music with us? Which oh. their favorite theme? I think that's a great question. To kind of the other ones are too, but we didn't think of it until now. Mm-hmm. Um, but. How can our listeners share their favorite? Yeah, so if you want to share some of your favorite Star Trek music with us, you can reach out to us on social media via Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride, or you can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com. Great. There we go. Well, let's, uh, let's move into our underappreciated episodes of Deep Space Nine. We're in season six. Yeah, oh my gosh. And you chose the magnificent Ferengi. Yeah. You know, brother, I've been thinking. We can't rescue Mookie from a Dominion internment center. Not alone, anyway. You're right. We'll need help. We could put together a commando team, gather the toughest mercenaries we can find. Nausicans, Vreen, Klingons. We don't need Nausicans, Vreen, or Klingon. Humans? We'll just use Ferengi. Then we'll all die! No, we won't. Ferengi can be just as tough as Klingons. They can? Of course they can. They just need the opportunity, the training, and a couple of bars of latinum as incentive. Coming out of my share, I suppose. No. We'll split the reward with whoever joins us, all 20 bars of it. But the Negus offered 50. As far as anyone else is concerned, you said 20. 20. It is then. Here's the, the quick and dirty from Netflix. <laughs> uh, Quark's mother has been captured by the Dominion and Grand Nagus Zek enlists Quark to rescue her, offering a substantial reward if he succeeds. That's actually a pretty good summary of the episode. Yeah, so, that's Johnson, not bad. What, what made you choose this episode as, a, as a, something that doesn't stand out normally, but is underappreciated. Yeah, well, I think that in general, the Ferengi episodes are probably a little underappreciated. And I think that um, D Space Nine is 
definitely definitely made a concerted effort to flesh out the the mythology of the Ferengi um, quite a bit more from what we saw in the Next Generation, where we kind of really got to see them as a race and a culture. And obviously, you know, you had uh, you had a Ferengi and a ha- like Ferengi, two Ferengis, three Ferengis, like you know, they're major cast members. Um, which I think was probably a surprise to most people when the cast of Deep Space Nine was announced. Um, but yeah, usually you get one, maybe two of these like Ferengi episodes per season. Um, and I always think that they are usually very much underappreciated. You know, because even when I was doing my Deep Space Nine rewatch, I'm like, oh, Ferengi episode. But then I would like watch it and be like, oh, this is actually pretty good. You know, I, I would be like either pleasantly surprised or I'd be like, oh, we get like maybe it's a lot of insight into Quark as a character. Um, Quark is sometimes very much an unappreciated character as well. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, like this, you know, it, it was just like, um, it's also interesting because the Frankie here. Uh, is so much of a departure from the Frankie that we were introduced to in The Next Generation because, honestly, the Frankie over time became very buffoonish and kind of, you know, they're kind of a joke as a species versus when they were first introduced in The Next Generation, they were supposed to be this, like, big threat. Um, and they... and There was, they were like, the new enemy from Next Generation. And right? there was legit, like an episode where they took over the Enterprise D. You know, like, it was like Rat and Rascals. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So yeah. it was just like... So so it's really interesting how they've evolved from how they were characterized in The Next Generation versus now where uh, a major uh, plot point um, is how... like And why Quark is like, you know, this should be a funky job is because the Frangi are not known to be warriors or mercenaries by any means. Um, they are kind of just, you know, their their primary weapon is economics, you know, which is not how they were presented in The Next Generation. I mean, there was a little bit of that, like um, definitely like uh, the the whole idea of how they were driven by profit. But at the same time, they, they were definitely much more of a threat. Um, and they weren't such pushovers. Yeah, they were yeah. more like pirates that had really powerful ships that could match. I mean, a Ferengi marauder could disable the Enterprise right. D. I mean, right. which is you know no small feat. I mean, they're both huge ships. Yeah. So it's just it's just interesting to me how they've changed, like how the Ferengi have been represented since the Next Generation to Deep Space Nine. But I do think that because they've made such, you know, the, the, the production staff made such a concerted, particularly our Stephen Bear, made such a concerted effort to kind of create a more three-dimensional species out of the Frankie. Um, you know, like, I, again, every time I, I see, like, a Frankie episode, I'm like, mm. but then afterwards, I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty good. Like, you know, and this is the one, though, this by all intents and purposes is a heist episode and you literally have this like band of Ferengi um, you know this this very band of Ferengi that's kind of just like dysfunctional kind of come together and somehow um, pull off this prisoner exchange kind of yeah um, more or less and like um, 
It ends up yeah. being more of a heist than a prisoner exchange in right. the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's like so much screaming and running around. <laughs> um, and I don't know, you just kind of get like this, like, I don't think all the characters like were kind of probably utilized as much as they could have. Um, not everyone kind of gets the time to shine because, again, you're talking about like a 45 minute episode and now you have six characters and such. But um, I think overall, uh, you know, I, I think that they did a great job kind of giving them something to do um, and then kind of them kind of like pulling off this, um, you know, this, this whole thing, like, and somehow kind of outsmarting the Dominion and kind of getting Ishka back and everything. So, yeah, so that, that's my, um, you know, that's my take on this episode. It was um, season six was very, very serious. There's a lot going on in season six. Um, but this is definitely, again, one of the kind of like lighthearted episodes where, you know, we just get to see one of our, you know, one of our main characters in action in a way that we don't usually do. Yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, one of the enjoyable parts of this was how they gathered these ragtag yeah. group of people. Uh, and, and it's funny because this this heist came out in whatever, 1995? No, 90... Uh, uh, 96, maybe? So way before any of the more modern like Ocean's Eleven mm-hmm. and all these other heist movies that have kind of happened... Uh, so this is like based on like old school, like the old versions of heist from mm-hmm. the sixties and seventies. So it's not, you know, it's not. Or I can't even think of a heist movie in the eighties. But um, is Die yeah. Hard considered a, a heist movie? Um, but uh, I love the way that this this group gets pulled together. Like they, they, you know, they get Nog to kind of train them, which is kind of an interesting thing. He wants to be called Sir. Yeah, uh, that scene in the holodeck where they're like yeah, shooting <laughs> each other, and then they shoot Ishka yeah, or, something. Yeah. <laughs> or something. That was yeah, great. Yeah, it was just that that you know, and, and you you didn't know it was a holodeck right away. You're like, oh yeah. shoot, this is like this is all happening badly, uh, fail. And uh, you know, I think I really a lot enjoyed, of screaming. There's a lot of screaming. Yes, uh, yes, it fits right. Like it reminds me of you. A lot. <laughs> Um, maybe you're a Frankie in another life. Maybe. Uh, I one of the more enjoyable things that I really liked was the the conversation with Lek, and and mm. how they like is this a secret channel? Of course I know how to do a secret <laughs> channel. And he's like convinces him. It's like you can go up against the Dominion, and he like immediately says yes. And yeah, that's yeah. the end of the transmission. But I just mm-hmm. thought like this Eliminator character is mm-hmm. something that we really haven't seen in Ferengi culture yeah. before. So that's interesting. Obviously, Brunt, uh, played by the very talented Jeffrey Combs, mm-hmm. uh, is also just an annoying character. I mean, it's just levels of annoyance. The cousin who's a complete idiot and ends up shoot, shooting Keevan, uh, yeah. their hostage. Uh, it's just... It's one mistake and one craziness after another, and and I love them. I love like the whole. The other piece of this 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 episode is the the running around. There's a lot of running, the, the, running, the running swimming. down corridors. This is very yeah. like for for Star Trek. This is very unusual. This is much yeah. more like Doctor Who ish, like running down corridors. <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah, maybe uh, early Star Trek. Uh, but uh, 
the, all the different scene, the way that this was shot was just so funny. Like Quark runs and they show him running to, mm-hmm. through the promenade, down the corridors, down the corridors, finally catches Kivan and then they show all the other rest of And they of run them. back. Oh yeah, and then yes, everyone yes, else runs, and then they run back, runs, and then they run back because yeah. the alarms start to go off, yeah. and um, yeah, it's just kind of this like crazy frenetic like scene where they just do go through these these running scenes which you've never seen before in Star Trek that I can think of these corridor uh, TOS. There's a lot of running. Is there? Yeah, hmm. in the corridors. Yeah, Kark yeah, definitely ran down some corridors. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when the red alerts sing, like, you'd always see people running down the corridors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but never following a character like this, I don't think. Or fair, not, like, not like this. This is yeah. a little slapstick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's definitely very slapstick. So yeah. uh, that's really enjoyable. I think that the the difference, the way that it all wraps up towards the end, I, didn't ex- I couldn't remember how this ended. Oh, okay. Uh, so this was really enjoyable uh, to see that and to see see Lek get in his licks, so to speak, speak and uh, threw a knife at, and just instantly killed the Jem'Hadar. I thought that was pretty crazy. Like I know. Uh, well, there were only two Jem'Hadar left. There were only two yeah. Jem'Hadar left, yeah. And uh, But one of them was knifed down by Lek, and the other one was shot it by... It was shot, yeah. Um, so it's just like how that all, and the whole, like, making Kivan a, a robot almost. Oh my gosh. It was, uh, like yeah. one, and like the other one, uh Yelgren. Yelgren. Yeah. Uh what is wrong with like what's going on here? <laughs> what is wrong with them? Like they couldn't figure it out. Uh and then I love how they leave Kivan like going like almost right. doing the robotic thing where you yeah. run into a wall and just yeah. keep on running it. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a funny episode. Definitely breaks up, you're right, it definitely breaks up the seriousness of this season of of Deep Space Nine, uh, for sure. Uh, and it, I think it plays off each character really well. I, yeah, it, you don't get a lot of, like, you don't get a lot of Lek. Uh, what you do, I think, leaves me wanting more. I'd love to see mm. Lek again. Uh, you know, Brunt is Brunt. Uh Ishka, uh, well, oh. you know, Ishka Mugi is... Yeah, you know, she gets, yeah, she gets a little bit of screen time here, but yeah. it's not, it's not that much about her. It's no, more it's about definitely like, not, yeah. yeah. And then Gala, the cousin, who's just the idiot of the group. Uh, yeah, he has more to do um, in the last episode, I don't remember the name of it, the last episode we have with him, okay. after he gets, after when she gets arrested, okay. but... And get through, gets thrown into prison, but... Yeah, it's just, uh, it's great to, I mean, it, it was... It was almost thoroughly a Klingon, a Klingon, a Ferengi episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I I thought that that was really great and kind of unique. I love the running and screaming. Yes, yeah, yes, like, yeah. yeah. That was that was particularly uh, enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, if that's your kind of humor, I don't know if that. Yeah, no, it's it funny. But yeah. I, I think seeing because I didn't know how the I couldn't remember how the episode played out so. Seeing, I mean, you've never seen Quark run faster. Yeah, than he's never he running around. Yeah. Ship. And yeah. Uh, smartly enough, he had he ran only because he knew he had already planned and they had already disabled the ship. Uh, or he asked Nog to disable not Nog. He asked uh, Rom. Rom to disable the ship, and he was still unconvinced that that would actually work. Yeah. 
So he's running the fastest you've ever seen him run down these corridors to get to the ship. And I thought that was just super, super funny and humorous. So, uh, But big shout out to, honestly, all the cast members who just had to deal with all this makeup. And, oh, yeah, right? Like, yeah, everyone, they, the Vorta, the Jemadar, the... the um, the Frankie, oh my god, the yeah. Frankie. Um, just, yeah, so much makeup and running around all that makeup, I mean, probably wasn't easy. Yeah, sure, no, not at all. I also think one one little thing, I think that uh, the fact that Kira goes to bat for Quark right. is really interesting. Uh, she's never really liked Quark. Yeah. She's always kept him on her, like, an arm's length away and always threatened his life. Right. Uh, whenever he would touch her. Uh, I think it was really interesting that she got this prisoner for him yeah. in order to trade for... So that was because, yeah, like, when the Dominion was occupying DS9, she was part of the resistance, and she got caught, but then Quark broke her out. Ah, okay. That's what, that's how, okay. That's what happened. All right. Yeah. See another little piece of... Yeah, there's a lot of throwbacks. And yeah. then... And then Keevan was a throwback to an earlier episode. I think it was also season six or maybe season five. I don't know. It Probably was when, season six. Actually. Yeah, it was when um, they were on a planet with with Keevan and some Jim Hadar, and they they killed all the Jim Hadar or something, and were able to capture Keevan. So. Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't feel like Keevan's a strong enough character that they would have brought him back from season five to season six. Well, sometimes they, like, do that. But it's like, he's, like, a kind of rando, you know? He's yeah. just been, like, a prisoner, well, so, so is, you know? So is uh, Yelgren. Yes, you know, yeah. Uh, just giving a... Well, Yelgren was new. Yelgren was new, but just, he was a rando. Yeah, but yeah. mainly given to uh, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. To play as a, probably, a, yeah. you know, as a just, fan. Yeah, and so, basically. So, yeah. Um, so, no, I thought that this, uh, yeah, this was a great episode, again, giving us a little bit more insight into the Ferengi as a people, and then also giving our characters just something a little bit different to do. Um, I thought it was great. Yeah, no, excellent choice for underappreciation. I, I, I think this is not something that you would necessarily call a standard episode, but definitely is. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I wouldn't say anyone would really, like, say the You'd have to, you'd have the to really Frangie. know... Um, you'd have to really know the season to understand that this is sort of a a break in the thing. And you'd also have to either like the Ferengi and want to watch it mm-hmm. versus, oh, it's just a Ferengi episode and kind of skip over it if right. you're trying to do a watch through, right? Uh, yeah. You know, it might be something that you skip over because, you know, you, you know Little Green Men was, eh, you know, like, or what yeah. however you may feel about the other Ferengi episodes, this, this, you know, I, I would definitely say that this falls into the more fun and enjoyable of the Ferengi episodes that we've yeah, seen. Yeah, it's, it's because the Ferengi episodes don't really push the bigger plot forward. It's usually kind of like a sidebar yeah. in its own thing. Like, yep. when you visit Ferenginar, it's usually not because, like, you know, it's not part of the Dominion arc. It's there's some right. drama on Ferenginar that Quark needs to go deal with or something, Yeah, you know? Yep. Um, and people who are really into the serialized arc storytelling of DS9 may not be as into... Because you probably can skip this and be okay. Oh, yeah. There's um, nothing you here know. that I think you need to see to enjoy the arc. Yeah. So, um, 
But yeah. There we go. Anything yes. else about the magnificent Ferengi? No, I think we covered it all. Yeah. You know? I think it's a great uh, great episode if you're looking for a one-off. I mm-hmm. think with very few contextual pieces. I mean, obviously you have to know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel lost in this one. No, 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 no. There's a few throwbacks, but honestly, you don't need... It's nothing critical. Yeah, nothing nothing critical at all. So definitely take a take a watch of The Magnificent Ferengi if you're looking for a deep, fun Deep Space Nine episode or if you're looking for uh, some different Ferengi to cosplay at Star Trek Las <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that first scene where it was like... Um, it, it was Quark and Rom crawling through the Jeffrey's tube, and oh, they yeah. come out, and it's like Ben Sissel's office. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. like, uh, what are you guys doing? It, yeah. it was just like very, it's, that was also a funny moment. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, and, and Cisco was really kind of like, you all right. Like, <laughs> like, okay, we took a wrong turn. Okay. I was like, okay, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I'd be interested to know if he like made a quick call to Odo and said, um, yeah, why is Quark in the Jeffrey's tubes? Yeah. By the way, this this actually stuck out either on one not not on this episode, maybe on this episode, but uh, now that you've mentioned it, I think uh, on a couple of these rewatches or some of the, the other fewer episodes that I've seen or that I watched while I was doing this, they're called Jeffrey's tubes, but those technically are only Jeffrey's tubes on a Federation. Right, they're not athlete. they're not Jeffrey's tubes. I yeah, don't, I don't but know they call you. them. Je- but the the crew calls them Jeffrey's tubes. Oh, yeah. You know, when they're hunting the voles in that episode. Um, oh, oh, yeah. In, yeah. Uh, in Visionary, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they call them Jeffrey's Tubes. And I'm like, that's not right. Jeffrey's Tubes are on Starships, on Federation right. Starfleet ships. Correct. Not on... There's just like maintenance tubes, like Yeah, guess. essentially, yeah. yeah. I think, it, you know, I, I understand, like, it's sort of like... You know, using the word Xerox or right, or right. Zoom. It's like a catch-all. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of a, like let's zoom or Google. Yeah, or Google mm-hmm. something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but it's just it stood out to me. I was like, uh, these aren't Jeffrey's tubes. Let's yeah. uh, you know. So it's sort of a interesting like. Do you think you know? Do you think that on Deep Space Nine they have Jeffrey's tubes? I would say the answer would be no. Because technically, yeah. Technically, technically no. no. They have mm-hmm. maintenance tunnels and whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, they wouldn't be called Jeffrey's Tube, so that, that stuck out to me. Well, very great. Um, all right. Cool. All right, so, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor? I would love to talk about Fansets. You know, I always do. Uh, Fansets is our sponsor for Deep Space Pride and also the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, and they have a ton of pins. Uh, I want to say they're approaching 200 or more Star Trek pins, but there are other great ones uh, in their series. Uh, they've done Scooby-Doo and Ultraman and Harry Potter, if you're a fan of that. Mm, uh, but I, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're a pin collector, right? Uh, but having to do with this, there's, there, there, there are only three Ferengi pins in their collection right now. Sadly. Sadly, yes. Uh, they're they, underappreciated. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fans that might underappreciate the, the Ferengi, uh, but also they may not be big sellers. You know, maybe, maybe overall Ferengi are underappreciated. But So they do have a Lieutenant Nog, which I think is fairly new, uh, micro pin, and then they do have a Quark one, which is definitely from their earlier line, where uh, this Quark is very orange. 
Uh, Nog is more like neutral tones. Okay. Uh, but uh, I would say that the Quark one is a little bit more caricature, but it's still a you know a good uh, good micro pin. And then they also have which we talked about the Decora class Ferengi Marauder mm. for mm. their starship pins, um, mm. their micro fleet pins. So if you go to Fansets and check out and put thirty dollars or more in your cart, you will uh, get free shipping. And mm-hmm. if you use the code DS Pride. All caps. During checkout. <laughs> Are you wow. having tr- out, trouble with your words? I'm having trouble with my words. It's like I, have, I couldn't remember the term Ferengi earlier. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, or what are they called? I, you know, or back a little while ago, I couldn't remember the word sponsor. So, yes, it's been a long day, but um, check out if you had, Man, we're totally off track here. Uh, it's time for a vacation, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, if you put more than $30, you get free shipping. If you use DS Pride, you get 10% off. Definitely go and support Fansets. They are our sponsor, and we thank Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Truck Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Um, we've already told you how to contact us. Yes. So please do if you have any thoughts on Ferengi or um, your favorite theme music from Star Trek, let us know. And we'll be back here next week talking about our season seven episode, which we have yet to do. Oh determine. my gosh. Yeah, uh, it's over. But uh, it'll be our last in our underappreciated episodes as we kind of go into August and mm-hmm. New Trek comes along so super excited about that but uh definitely uh join us again next week and we'll talk about season seven bye everyone have a great week take care everyone Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.